Today we're talking about Titan AE, an animated movie from Don Bluth who came out in the year 2000. The number one song of the year 2000. Take a guess, Jared. Uh, okay, Yorton, take a guess. And early, what year? Or Seth, anybody, take a guess. What is the number one song of the year 2000? This movie came out. Oh, they were unprepared for Something this from Lincoln Park. <laughs> Lincoln Park, okay. I'm not good at this. Breathe <laughs> by Faith Hill. Just oh, the, <laughs> the number one movie the weekend it came out was Shaft. Number two was Gone in 60 Seconds. Number three was Big Mama's House. Number four is Mission Impossible. And this movie got fifth opening weekend. Also, the same day it came out, the Indiana Pacers beat the Los Angeles Lakers in game five of the NBA Finals, only to lose two days later. Um, the Lakers won the championship that year. This is a great year for music, movies. It's just a good year, y'all. So Titan AE came out. It is Don Bluth's last movie, actually. So I don't know. I guess kids today don't really know about Don Bluth, but like the Disney machine, like I guess the the animated renaissance in the late in the eighties and early nineties had taken off, and Don Bluth was like the guy who wasn't Disney making animated movies. <laughs> And uh, he made some pretty good ones. Have you guys looked at your favorite Don Bluth animated movies? Do you have a so when it comes to Don Bluth, we actually <clears throat> talk about him a lot, but we don't actually say his name mm -hmm. because I think we bring up an American Tale probably like once a month. <laughs> Somehow we'll slip in an American Tale. Uh, but we all know all dogs go to heaven. We all know that movie. We're like, oh yeah, that's not a Disney movie. Wait a minute, exactly. It's not. And then it's like, hey, let me tell you the 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 ballad of Don Bluth and talk <laughs> about all of his movies. So for me, my favorite Don Bluth movie by far is The Secret of Nim, mm. uh, based on the book The Talented Miss Brisby. Uh, it's a very very dark movie. And obviously, like watching all of Don Bluth's movies, they're all like dark in tone, but dark ish. Um, they have the under themes that are dark, but Secret of Nim. I, uh, as a kid, I made my parents buy two copies because of the first copy I watched so much, the VCR ended up eating it. Oh, so man. We had to uh, take apart the VCR. We fixed the VCR, it's easy. Just unwinding it, but the tape was not able to be salvaged. So, secret of Nim by far, love it. So that's a uh, not so secret secret, and we talk about it. You just kind of brought it up that like Don Bluth animated movies, most of them were aimed for kids, but goddamn, they had some moments that would just shatter your world. They were like it would really go into some dark themes. I mean, dogs dying on you and going to heaven and coming back you had littlefoot's mom died and it was like the saddest thing i hear that music i tear up i'm just throwing that out there and then even like rock a doodle you like you have like uh shanta claire like like struggling with like his fame and trying mm -hmm. to be like hugh or not human well he's a rooster but like trying to like you know still be with his friends and family but he's like struggling with fame and it's like we're talking about we're talking to kids. Kids movies, and, yes. Like we're just like introducing them to themes of like what it's like struggling with fame. And if you guys really just don't know, uh, the movie Anastasia. Like, come on, that's all we got to say is that movie where, and we all know what happens. It's based on a real story. I, I don't. I haven't seen it yet. Don't ruin it. Oh, oh my it's god! My you gotta watch it. To Whoa! Watch. You gotta watch it. So. I and have you don't American... realize what the story is behind of it either, right? I know. Isn't it about some like Russian? So it's a yes. Russian story, right? That's all I know. Okay, yeah, it's the Russian Tsar family, the last of the Russian Tsar family, and let's just say it does not end too well for them. Okay, because there are no more Tsars. I can figure. <laughs> yeah, they were, he was the last Tsar. So his dad was the last Tsar. I'll say an American Tale and Five Goes West was big part of our childhood for me. We've all seen All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, Rock-A-Doodle. The movies I haven't seen that I'm excited to see. 
because I, I I hear nothing but great things about Secrets of Nim. Jared just bragged about it. Thumbelina, uh, mixed reviews, but it was a big part of the females in my life at the time, their their childhood. And Anastasia is definitely, those are the three I, I'm really excited to see. Um, I will say, though, like Titan AE, it's not in my Hall of Fame, but I I like the movie because I think it was more, it was aimed for a, a, an older crowd. Um, before we get there, though, like, Yorton, what are some of your, do you have any Don Bluth favorite movies of yours? Uh, I would probably... The other problem is a lot of these that I really like. It's been so long that I've seen them. Uh, have seen them that I probably will change if I would go back and watch them. Yeah, but I will go, go number one for me, The American Tale, because that's one that's always stand out to me. And then a close second with All Dogs Go to Heaven. Somewhere out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seth, what's what's yours, man? So uh, I'm going to have to go with All Dogs Go to Heaven because it has dogs. And <laughs> I don't remember his movies. Like, I, I've watched them. I watched them a lot. My parents tell me, oh, yeah, I used to love them so much. And I know I've watched them. I just don't. I was going to say, I think we, like, I'm pretty sure we yeah. watched one of these movies together. As a kid. I, I, literally, I have watched these movies. And I go and look at them like, no, I've seen that movie. I like that movie. And then, uh, other than Land Before Time with the dinosaurs' mom dying, uh, no memory. And like when we talk about Time Ye, I'll have a very similar experience. Uh, but so I'm gonna go ahead and dogs go to heaven because I know I really like that movie a lot. I think I it's I think it's because it doesn't have the machine behind it that like the Disney movies do, where there's toys in the market. There's you don't see a all dog goes to heaven toy anywhere. You know, like it doesn't have oh, that that appeal. I guess what. And re-releases as well, like uh, you yeah. know, like every you know, the vault. Here comes this new movie with the special edition DVD or something. So, yeah, you're right. But man, it, I would say these rival some of the better Disney movies. I would say go out there and I'm. Ex- I'll tell you this: I'm excited to show these movies to my daughter and rewatch them with her. That's that's what I'm excited about. Um, all right, so little tidbit here: this movie was written as a live action movie. And they were, they sunk like thirty million dollars into it, and then they just realized it was going to be too expensive, and so they just passed the script off to Don Bluth and his studio. And his studio, like he looked at his studio and he's like, "We are not making a movie right now. We don't have any scripts we're working on. Like if I don't take this, I'm going to have to let go of a lot of people." So he took the script and they made the movie, and um, I don't know. I think it worked out because at the time. You could do stuff animation that like live action just couldn't do. Um, and the whole time I was watching, I was like, this feels like it'd be a cool live action movie or TV show, you know? And it definitely, I think it was because it was aimed towards an older crowd. That's got to be why it, it, it bombed because it's not a kid's movie, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yorton, do you, did you feel that way? Uh, There's no songs. I feel like. Yeah, there's no songs or anything, but uh, I just mainly feel like the movie just needed a little bit more time to like be processed and everything, and maybe a better marketing. It's hard to remember back then, like with the marketing with it, mm-hmm. but I feel like if it just cleaned it up a bit and marketing, that it would have done really well. But that could be maybe an issue. It didn't know what its market was. As you brought up about like, oh, it's not quite kids movie there. Well, yeah, Jared and Seth, have you guys? Can you guys think of one animated movie that was geared towards teens and adults that was a success in the box office? Because I can't think of any. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seth, maybe. I think one, what, what? but I'm not sure if you. Don't, I'm not sure it was teenagers and adults as much as it may have been all ages, since it was a spinoff from a uh, TV show geared towards kids at the time. What was it? So that uh, Batman, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. That'd be the only one that I can see might be arguable. Mm. I but, think the fact that it's Batman draws in everyone automatically. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Jared? Um, I would say Atlantis would be but that's probably... It. That's Disney, but I, think it, I don't think it 
was a huge success. It didn't do well on. Uh, no, no, no. It didn't do well. But I'm just trying to think of like stuff. movie, like um, like animated movies, like geared towards like the tween teen people. Yeah. And I'm not not like kids, and so I'm thinking Atlantis was like, or Treasure Planet. Like I think those were like more geared towards like older, older like like the tween, like anywhere between like ten to twelve, and like even thirteen year olds. So those are the, the like this movie gave me like big Treasure Planet Atlantis vibes because yeah. of that. Yes, reason. very much so. Those movies weren't huge successes, though, and they're probably better than most of the other animated movies you see at the time, too, which kind of sucks. Um, I don't know. So I thought it'd be fun if they, because whether you're, it's in your Hall of Fame or not, I feel like this is a world that I kind of enjoyed and want to spend more time in. And I was like, what if we recast this movie today? How would you recast this movie? Who would be Kale? What would you do? I put in Daniel Radcliffe as uh, Kale. Oh, okay. Because look, my one characteristic is it needs to be someone that is universally universally liked, and that's a good yeah. pick. I was gonna say like Michael B. Jordan, but okay, Daniel Radcliffe is not bad. I'm trying to think, anyone else you want to throw out there, y'all? Uh, yes. When I when I looked at mine, I was like on an age people up just a little bit for story and i wanted to go for a bit of a se- more serious tone so i picked john david washington okay i like him because i want yeah i wanted a more grounded serious take on the idea of uh the fact that humanity circling the drain i wanted a darker take on that okay and i figured he could pull that in all right so we got we got three pretty good options there let's talk about hmm who what was the other one akima oh okay miss I think that girl from um, uh, what's the, the Squid Game, the uh, the really pretty girl that survives all the way to the. Have y'all seen Squid Game? Mm-mm. Oh my god! Okay, I want to. Y'all haven't seen Squid Game, Jared? Have you seen Squid Game? Dude, yeah, it's a TV the, show. The Did only problem is that she speaks English. Because the Squid Games would be the. Korean does she speak English? Oh my god. Because that was a dub over. Okay, so yes, you're I, right. I would go with uh um, have y'all not seen Squid Game? Alright, moving on. Jared, who are you pick? I was gonna go with um uh, Gimma Chan. I just I mean yeah. I I put her in anything. I, oh Seth look like <laughs> Yeah, Jared <laughs> Wings. Hey, hey buddy, hey, 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 hey. That was my choice. That's how <laughs> I was like saw that was mine. Oh. Hey man, like so if Gimma like I know Gimma Chan does a lot of traveling. She's really busy, but you know, she needs some help packing her bags or working on her itinerary. I I'm her guy. I can help with that respectfully. <laughs> I can pack her bags for her. I think that's the best pick. Uh we don't have to talk ha- about it anymore. Ha- have you guys uh seen uh seen uh, Kim's convenience at all? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I had Janet Kim from Kim's Convenience, the daughter, because I really enjoy her as a uh, as a comedian, and a, and a lot of times comedians can do really good jobs on the dramatic parts, mm-hmm. and I thought she would be an interesting pick and a little bit outside of what she's been doing so far, and so that went with her. She could be the the best friend that tags along. Okay, your Gimma Chan's gonna win. <laughs> she can she can so tag for along. Corso, huh? So for course though, I have Jeff Bridges. Oh, I have Nathan Fillion. I actually I went with Chris Chris Evans with uh, him. Ooh, a little villain role. Okay, Seth, you're excited. Yeah, because I yeah. think that would be good. <laughs> well, when this so confident, Matt Damon. Yeah. So we got it. Since he played like Kale in the original, so let's just make him. Like, you get the legacy. You also had the fact that Matt Damon, I hate him, plays this role of a character I hate. I mean, it works on so many levels. Matt Damon plays a douchebag. Matt Damon is a douchebag. It works. But I think Matt Damon. No, okay, okay. So Matt Damon or Ethan Hawke, actually. I like Ethan Hawke, though. Never mind. I'm coming back to Ethan Hawke. I'm mentioning him. When you said Matt Damon, I was thinking Ethan Hawke, and I was like, either of those I think would be great. I like Wait. all these picks. 
I think Yorton's though the the idea that like you're you're with this guy because it's Chris Evans, it's Captain America. You're with him yeah. the whole time, and then he That's fucking exactly. sticks that dagger in. And you're like, you motherfucker, you're the bad guy. Like I think that'd be a cool turn, but to be honest, any one of the people y'all mentioned, I think is a good pick. All right, so here's the weird part. Now we got the aliens. We have Goon, who I think is the MVP of this movie. I think you just bring back, you bring back what's his name. Um, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Yeah, just bring him back. Um, that, that's why I didn't have any better pick for it. So I was like, no, nope, yeah. I do have uh, who I think are two pretty good picks for the next two. But I don't know if I would change the other two, but if you want to, go ahead, Jordan. Who do you got? Stith. Stith is uh, the. Uh, Those. Or Sith. I have a voice actress that I really like. That. Uh, and uh, Angela Clark, on it. I don't know who that is. And yeah, I posted if you ever want to hear her voice act things on. I posted the link to that. And then for for uh, the other one, Preed, I put Tim Curry. I feel like that could be really interesting. Tim Hurt. Tim Curry. Who is that? Curry. Is that you said Tim oh, Curry? Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, isn't he? Already in this movie? No, no. that's Nathan so for. Oh, you're no, right. You're stiff, right. Um, Tim Curry. Janine Garoppolo plays her. He's got a great voice, and he does a lot. He's done uh, voice acting before, so that mm-hmm. was like, yes, I feel like that would be a really good mix. And you still keep the bit, the Britishness of the original character. Cool. I like that. So I was getting a lot of like so. Okay, let's talk about the cast real quick. The cast is kind of crazy here. It's all over the place. It's really awesome. It's kind of it's crazy. You got such a cool cast. You got Matt Damon, Drew Barrymore, Bill Pullman, our president. Um, it has Janine Garofalo, who was pretty big at that time. Nathan Lane. That's Timon, y'all. Timon's in this movie. <laughs> John Leguizamo, Tone Lock. <laughs> Even uh, Jim Brewer, the crazy... Alt right, Jim Brewer's in this movie as the cook. So, oh, and the fat guy from Armageddon is in this movie for a little bit. So it's it's got a little bit of everybody, man. It's crazy the cast it was able to pull. It was Don Bluth's last film, and the screenplay was worked on by Joss Whedon, which I feel like it it's lacking the Joss Whedon humor, but it has. You know, we we could look, Jared. I know we're gonna. He's canceled. He's a terrible human being, but we got to talk about it because he wrote some of the script. I feel like you could feel his imagination and his creativity on screen here. So I don't. I don't know. Um, I got a little Firefly vibes off of this a little bit. Just, I'm. I mean, it's. I feel like really. Oh, let me explain. He okay. So he wanted to do Firefly. He probably didn't have the budget to add aliens, so he just changed all the characters to humans. It's got very similar, like, humans out in space surviving. I think you're pushing it, man. He's surviving. I, I don't know. I like. I got little <laughs> little Firefly vibes. That's it. Like, he's not in a beautiful ship. He's in a piece of crap ship. I don't know. No, his ship is really nice. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the, 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 ship, the, the ship they end up with, I think. I don't know. Okay, but the the ship they're in most of the times are really nice ship. I'm just telling you how I felt. Um, what do y'all think about uh, the cast? Wow, Seth. Seth's a hater. Seth, you realize this is an audio medium, right? Yes, the thumbs down uh, doesn't translate well. <laughs> I, I do not like Drew Barrymore as Akima at all. and I don't like Drew Barrymore either, for that matter. Except for in Santa Clarita Diet. I like her in that. Uh, and Scream. I also don't like Matt Damon. I am a certified Matt Damon hater. And what? Jared can attest that this has been going on for years of my life. I just do not like Matt you Damon. You are literally the only person I've ever met who has said that sentence out loud. <laughs> I think Matt Damon is like... the. So you don't like the Bourne movies? No, dear. No, the best Ooh, I don't I even... Like I, don't, I only there. like the first Bourne movie for best me. One. Hold on, Seth. What did you say? Only the first... The Born Legacy, best one. Oh, the one God. that Damon's not in. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, the Born movies, uh, Yorton, yes, you're right. The first one's the best, but they're all 
The first, the trilogy no. is fantastic. The second one made me mad in the movie theater. I've never been so mad at a movie theater because they're the ones that pushed the shaky cam. And I'm like, yeah. the first one was lovely with the action and how smooth everything is. I'm with you. And the second one, you could not tell what was going on. And I was, it's been very rare times where I've been pissed off at a movie theater. That was one of the movies. Well, I fell asleep. Man. <laughs> Jared, are you, a, are you a Matt Damon hater too? Because I'm blown away right now. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I like Matt Damon. Okay, Matt Damon. Yeah, it's a safe bet. If I like somebody, Jared hates them, and if uh, Jared likes them, I hate them. That's just well. Oh, you guys are the yin and yang there. I'm only picking Matt Damon movies now for the next few weeks. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> only picking Matt Damon movies. You're gonna be a fan by the end of the year. I promise you. Um. <sighs> So you you really didn't like um, Drew Barrymore as Akima. I know you don't like her as a person. Uh, not a person. <laughs> as an actress. <laughs> no, she's actually a good person. Yeah, no, she's a great person. This is like, you know, I, I thought like her Josh voice was great in this movie. I don't know. I I thought she was supposed that character was supposed to be Asian, and she sounded like Drew Barrymore, and that kind of irritated me when I was watching the movie. Yeah, no. So, I mean, like, obviously we all thought the character was supposed to be Asian because yeah. all of our casting ideas were Asian yeah. women. What's the so, that's why yeah. it's kind of weird that you do have a white woman playing a, a quote-unquote Asian woman. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, Yorton, is that the one thing you would change? The one cast casting choice you would change? To me, the, the voicing, I had some issues with, and I, it, it's sort of the problem I have a lot of times if you get talented actors in a voice-only role and they don't have experience with it, yeah. it they, they sort of get, get a little clunky with it. And I feel like that was one of the hurts in this movie. And a mix with the audio blending where I felt like the music and the uh, voices needed to be blended a little bit more, uh, better. Uh, that's why I was bringing up how I feel like this movie needed a little bit more time for development, like a little, uh, little more time in post. Yeah, we forgot, we forgot to bring up um, Ron Perlman as the father. He's in a very, very small role. Um, so I guess let's move on to animation, because... So towards the end of this production, they had to let go of a bunch of people. And so they ended up doing a lot of CG animation, which is pretty clear. I would think, I think the, I read were the only two, there's only two things that were like the backgrounds were 2D and the characters were 2D, like hand drawn animation, but like everything else, which was pretty clear, like all the space stuff, all the, the what's the bad guys called the uh the dredge you know a lot of the planets all that stuff was cg and it was a mix between classic animated style and and cg the cg at times didn't hold up very well as you know you could say that about any movie made in the last 20 years um but overall, I think it kind of set a good tone. I, I, it didn't bother me. It didn't like bump. I didn't bump into it as much. Seth, how about in, you? In the weird, uh, I was going to say in the weird way, I like the choice that they made the uh, alien CG mm-hmm. because it because they're an energy race. They feel completely different than everyone else in the movie. So yeah. I actually like the take that they did that, and that was something I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool mm-hmm. idea. Jared, I I that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with um, them being CG, and <clears throat> I mean animation aside, like yeah, it didn't really age well, but like honestly, like that was spot on. They they executed that correctly, unlike DC did um, with the Green Lantern suit. What what do you? <laughs> <laughs> That was, I wasn't expecting you to pull that one out. Oh, man. <laughs> I did not wake what up. Were we talking about CGI being pure energy? Uh, yeah. I, I, I get your point of like, oh, wow. <laughs> pull that one out of left field. Um, so one of the things 
this movie clearly has a few flaws. Jordan's brought up one. I want to talk about some nitpicks later on. But one of the things I did like was the fact that they're like, you know, if we're animated, we're going to go visit some crazy-ass places. I like some of the, the locations in this movie. That place that has, like, hydrogen trees where if one yes, blows up, then it's just... That place was awesome. That place was awesome. Yeah, man. And then the, the crystal... You've, I think you visited, like, four planets and two, like, space colonies, which I thought were pretty cool. I don't know. What y'all think about the locations in this movie? I thought they were really cool. The only issue I had was that sometimes it felt like they were really rushing yep. through things. You really did and, go through them really quick, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I thought it was really cool, which is why you said earlier about like remaking this as a TV show, I think would be like really a great idea because then you could explore each planet when you get there and actually spend a little bit of time and really get to actually soak in the cool locations. They had a lot of cool, like, you know, they, I think like one of the colonies was like a bunch of the old escape crafts like melded together and mm-hmm. welded together and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. So I actually thought that was one of the highlights of the movie different exotic locales that they went to. Yorton, what was your favorite location? Uh, the, the hydrogen uh, bubble uh, planet. I thought that was a really cool idea. And that's one of the things I like about with animations is the fact that they can really take you places where live action can't. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do a space animation, I feel like, yeah, take full advantage of the fact that you can go crazy with your worlds. Yeah, like why not? I <laughs> just go buck wild. Do what was okay. So there's a scene where he's flying and he's just having a good time with these like space angels, those weird creatures that like are like you know like dolphins. They ride with the boat sometimes. It was like mm-hmm. that, but in space. What was what was he in? It was like this weird cloud with pillars and stuff. I, I just say a ne- nebula. They were in a nebula. Okay. I think I uh, my daughter was running around at that point, and I I missed some of that. Um, I don't think they actually said what it was, but I don't remember it saying what it is. But I would just call it they were in a nebula with the gases and stuff. Before we move on to the music, <laughs> which could take the whole podcast, um, I just want to say my favorite thing about this movie is I just like the the simplistic with a twist plot. It's a very simple plot to follow, but it really did surprise me. And I, I should have saw it coming. I should have saw that um, Corso was going to turn, you know, but I didn't. And I was like, oh, man. You- I didn't. And then Preed, when Preed turned, and it was a double, double cross, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't <laughs> see that coming either. I, I like the simple plot with, with a couple little twist in there i don't know it it flowed nicely where were we all at with that the only problem i have with his betrayal i i don't get why really and i really don't i feel like that was it's mainly the issue that it was the fact that he's making a deal with an alien race that in particularly hates humans with all Mm -hmm. vigor basically of course you're going to get betrayed again with it. And I guess, why would he make a deal with them? That's the thing that really confuses me with it. Yeah, not the smartest. What's up, Seth? Yeah, so my biggest problem with this whole movie was the question why. Like, why would an inter- a race made of pure energy have money? And why would a race that hates humans, everyone hates humans, like why did all the aliens try to help humanity? If like humanity is supposed to be really hated by all these Aliens and stuff like that. Like, I didn't really get the motivations of some of the characters. So whenever Corso decided to go, like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just try to get rich and get while it's taken. It's like I understood that, but I did not understand why they were with the Dredge. And to be honest with you, I may have missed. I didn't even get why the Dredge was trying to eliminate humanity. That one lost on me as well. They, that one maybe. So the reasoning. Yeah, go ahead. Jared. The reasoning behind it is that they were fearful of the humans that they would reach their level. Yeah. But I think like when you're a being of pure energy, you've transcended like mm-hmm. thought and like almost consciousness to an example because like you are existence. That's who you are. Like you're just beings of pure energy. 
like you've reached the your perfect form at that point. And it's just like, well, why are you worried about anything else? You've reached your perfect form. And I didn't really get that. And I'm just saying, like, if they have the capabilities to have a weapon to destroy Earth, like, because, I mean, this goes for all, like, sci-fi. Destroying a planet is not simple, <laughs> not easy. If you have the capabilities to destroy a planet, why is doing simple tasks so hard? I'm looking at you, Empire, from Star Wars. Like, you have the ability to eradicate things in space, and you can't find a fucking human. What's happening here? Space is huge, man. <laughs> no, but even then, when you do find him, you let him get away. Again, what's happening here? Well, what are we talking about? I, I didn't about? think of the... What they made clear in the movie, they were more worried about the machine than the actual main character. And that's why they were trying to capture him alive, because they brought it up a couple of times that they were trying to capture him. So that's why they weren't trying to kill him. Even when he gets shot, if you notice, he didn't like disintegrate like every, everything else that got but shot. Again, you capture the map. Okay, I got the map. I know where the machine is. Again, your energy of pure being with the capability of eradicating life throughout the galaxy, the universe. Why why can't we get one machine? What are we doing? But once they got the machine, they were going after... uh, Once they got the map, they were going after the machine. And then the machine, they pulled an Uno card of like, nope, now you're the battery that's supplying the machine. And I think that's what they were ultimately worried about was like, oh, the humans' technology figure out how to use us as batteries. So to Seth's point, I was throughout the movie thinking like, why why are the dredge? Why do they hate the humans? And then they did explain it at the end, and Jared was right. And Yorton, you make a good point. I do think they could have put more work into their backstory as to why. Though I feel like they could have taken a different angle. I don't know what that angle is right now, but give me a week and I can come up with something. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a that's a small nitpick for me. Um, you already talked about some music, so I just want to say there was a montage where I think they're fixing up the ship to a song by the band Lit, and the montage lasted the entire chorus, not even a verse, just the chorus of the Lit song. It was like a twenty five second montage, so it goes to what. What Seth was saying earlier was like they were rushing through this. There were times I was like, man, they're really, they're really like, I want to stay on this planet just like two minutes longer, or I want to, I want to hear this lit song about three more minutes longer, you know. So, um, did you guys know that in the trailer and all the marketing, the song they used was "Higher" by Creed? Can you take me? Yeah, because I <laughs> and it was not in the movie. I see the trailer. Yeah, thank God. But it was all over the marketing. Um, <laughs> this is the soundtrack I would buy. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. This this is a good soundtrack. Where are you guys at with the music? I am looking through the soundtrack right now. Okay, so we have Lit. Yeah. We have Power Man 9 5000. Yeah, Sorry. great band. We have Jamaraki. Mm. And that's about it. Is that's all I know. you mean? Oh, uh, yeah, Jamiroquai. Okay. Uh, so, like, outside of, like, Jamiroquai, I am, um, and obviously I do listen to Jamiroquai, even though I call him Jamiroquai, um, <laughs> Jamiroquai, outside of that, it's just, I don't, I don't know anything else on the soundtrack. There was, I mean, lit, obviously. There was one song they played, and I didn't know who was singing it, but the lyrics were terrible, and it sounded like a song you would hear on Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. Like, <laughs> What a reference. <laughs> Those like Japanese games that go, we need a rock song from America. And they hire some shitty ass band to just create this rock song. And that's what it sounded like. It sounded like a song you would hear in an early Dragon Ball Z movie. You know, just like this weird rock that was popular at the time, but it wasn't good enough to be in the radio. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, it did, you know what the the soundtrack set the tone and it set it definitely dated the movie. I'll say that this movie was made in two thousand. I can promise you that. Um, all right, cool. Y'all ready to go some nitpicks real quick? 
Jared, what's your, what's your what's your biggest nitpick? Uh, my biggest nitpick is the pacing, um, breakneck pacing. We talked about that, mentioned it, but I like let's just have that pacing conversation. This movie was an hour and thirty minutes, so we always talk about movies with pacing. Sometimes movies that deserve to be in and out are end up being like two hours and fifteen minutes. But now this is one of the first movies that we've actually talked about doing this podcast for almost two years now that the movie actually did the opposite, that it should have let some stuff breathe, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And it's like this movie like built, it was so focused on like world building. When you're so focused on world building, you kind of got to let this stuff breathe. And they didn't do that. It was just like two minutes here, two minutes there, 30 second montage. Fighting the aliens, made a new planet, end of movie. And I'm just like, wait, I just sat down on the couch. How is this already over? Um, and it kind of like felt like that. You never really had time to like think. And it, I overall, I think it hurt the movie because it wasn't longer, which is weird. Kind of weird yeah. coming off of like, because every time we talk about it, we're like, hey, this movie was like 15 minutes too long, but this movie could have honestly been. 15 and 20 minutes longer and it probably would have been better almost like a hall of famer i don't if it would have just been a little bit longer i think it's the first in the history of this podcast we're like uh i wanted this movie to be longer we don't think we've ever said that before um <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like it i think it's the first seth you got a nitpick Yes, I have about thirteen, but I'm gonna settle for like no, two. Go over your your, uh, your the ones you need to talk about. Yeah, no, the, there, there's two really that, uh, and we've kind of hit on most of them. So, like you know, the, the pacing issue, you know, we, we talked about. So, don't worry about that one. Uh, and I've already talked about Akima. The the one thing that did kind of get on my nerves, and since we're talking about music, I was waiting for this one to do this. Is that every lyric had to do with the scene? directly on the nose and i got on my nerves after a while like when he's in the med bay and it's like come back to earth and i'm like okay we get it <laughs> unconscious. i i can see i have eyeballs i don't need this much like reminders of what's going on in the scene i'm watching uh, so i mean it is it's a small nitpick but it just it irritated me throughout also you tell me this movie was an hour and a half and I do not believe you. Uh, I felt like this movie was really long, but it needed to be longer. And I do agree because it was so great. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm all over the place in this movie. I, if you can't tell, I was not the biggest fan of it. But it, yeah, um, well, I get that. But there's like it's weird because there's parts of it. I'm with you. Like I enjoyed this movie. I liked it a lot. But there's parts I like way more than others. And there's parts where I'm like, man, there's some really good stuff here. If they could just make the rest that surrounds this good stuff better like it could be re- yes. i don't know that's how i feel about I, love the concept. I feel better about this movie than i do like episode one of star wars but it's similar in that like episode one of star wars has a lot of great stuff in it but it's surrounded by some shit um <laughs> and that's how i feel i don't feel like there's shit in this movie but there's some stuff they could have done better i feel like right, what's another nitpick you got seth you said you had oh. two. Or oh, three. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, the other one I had was that the tone felt weird for me. Like, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, where it's like seemed like it was directed towards like older audiences than kids, but then it felt like it was directed at kids at times. And I kept so it was like as I'm watching it, it was annoying to me because if I'm watching a kid movie, okay, I want to be prepared for a kid movie. Like I'm watching this movie mm-hmm. and it is for kids. And now we have a scene where a guy's walking in on a girl while she's undressed with a towel on and going into the shower. And I'm like, hey, look, she said in or out. She gave him a choice. No, no, no. no. I mean, it it was, was, you know, it wasn't like a problematic scene. It was just, it was just weird because I'm like, it's not a kid's scene. It's his point. Yeah. Kids? I'm like, this we we saw his, you know, I think, didn't we end up seeing his butt at one point? When yes. he was looking for pants and stuff, and I'm like, when, it, yeah. when he was getting uh, medically examined and everything. Yes, yeah, and then uh, Preed's very uncomfortable hitting on Akima in the op- when you first meet him, so, which I thought was like fine. Like I, I thought all of these things were okay. It's just, is this for kids? Mm-hmm. 
teenagers, tweens, and if it's for teenagers, then let's let's just go ahead and push that envelope. Let's let's not worry about everyone living and taking out that. Hashtag show me the nipple. Yes, Jared Jared's head popped up. <laughs> I'm put. That's going on Twitter. I just want you to know that. Uh. So one of my nitpicks. I have two. I I don't remember. First of all, y'all answer this question. Does Goon and and Stith die? Do they die? Goon no. does not die. We think he dies. No, they're flying the ship at the end. And okay. Save them from flying around in the ship. Okay, never mind. He, not... he, he says, like, I had my nap. <laughs> okay. Not a nitpick then. Here's my real nitpick. His father creates this space station that is going to cr- literally create a planet. And re- it's like Earth 2, pretty much, right? It has DNA from all these animals and leaves and so all that stuff. It's cool. The only way it's going to work is if his son finds it. And somehow still has that ring. I mean, the odds of him losing that ring in 15 years is incredible. I mean, you need a backup plan. He wasn't. He gave it to a four-year-old. He gave it. Yeah. <laughs> he trusted the entire human race to him. I think he was like 10 or something. Was or- he carrying the ring at the very beginning? Because I thought the uh, the captain gave it to him. I thought he said he was four. No, the captain was looking for him. Or did the captain give it to him? Well, no, his dad. No, his dad gave it to him. His dad. Okay, then why why did he never put it on for the map then? Oh, the, his, the I was thinking. Had to turn it on. Oh, the, you're right. And then he gave it back to him. And then yeah. Yeah, you're okay. Ago. I it's about, yeah. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> okay, that makes the idea that a ring, one ring in the entire galaxy, is going to be the one key instead of like. A human quote or a human. We're quote. all Lord of the Rings fans here, so please. That's different. That's a that's <laughs> no, an undestructible ring. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, you hope. said one I, ring. I really that's why I said that. Um, I don't know. I feel like you need to make make it a human phrase or code that I don't know, a Shakespeare quote or something. I don't know something. Um, just seems a little like. A waste of money if someone just if he just loses that ring, you know, like wow, there's just this big ship out in space, space that's trying to restart Earth, but can't do it. Wait on that ring. Um, Dropped it down his drain one time. Never got it back. <laughs> what if he sold it? What if he sold the ring for food? Yorton. Dead food. What's uh? You have any nitpicks? Uh, like I, for me, it's mainly just got to do with the production. I just feel like it just needed to be cleaned up. It, like you guys were saying, like I feel like this movie could be longer. This movie is literally like, oh, let's take all the notes that we always say about movies, uh, do them. But for some reason, the movie doesn't quite work out right. Because like this movie was great at sh- uh, show don't tell, for example, which Jared always talks about. Mm-hmm. That, and there's so many things where it's like, yes, this is normally for a movie that I would really, really enjoy and love. But it just doesn't quite reach that with it. And it's just like minor things like I was talking about, like the audio needs to be cleaned up a bit. Uh, just the pacing needs to be worked out. There needs to be a little more explanation and all that. All those little things add up. Yeah, it was definitely kind of rushed for sure. I will say that I I like the world it created, and I, 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 wanted, I want more of that world. I will say that. If there was like a, a show that picked up where this left off or something, I think I would give it a shot. And if the show, you know, actually had time to develop and, and clean up all these little little things that held this movie back from being great. Um, all right. Let's see. We got best scene here. So I like the planet. I want to nominate the planet with the hydrogen hydrogen plants and the weird bat aliens i like seeing titan is that what it's called project titan i like the whole scene fight there i like i don't know there's a i like when he first arrives on project titan and he and he finds that toy project he worked on with his dad and it's still there 15 years later i just i like i like father son stuff and daughter father stuff i don't know why it sticks with me 
Um, because you're a dad now. That's <laughs> pretty much. Um, I don't. I don't know what I'm going to pick. What's your favorite scene, Orton? For me, mainly just because it was a moment of uh, breath, and I really enjoyed it. That scene where they were flying through with the uh, the stingray aliens mm-hmm. that we were talking about uh, through the nebula. And I thought that was a great scene. And that was one of, I feel like those are the scenes that needs a little bit more of to get a chance to breathe that we were talking about and develop characters. And that was a very good scene for that. It was a good mix of the animation and the CG too. Like it, it looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. Jared, what's your, what's, what do you nominate for best scene? I think, um, no, it's not the best scene, but obviously like seeing the planet Bob, <laughs> or new earth is calling it bob uh that that was a good one because obviously we see the culmination of the entire arc of the movie mm-hmm. that's not the best scene but it's like we got to mention it uh the end uh but i think probably even though i'm shitting on it because i hate how like easy like planets are destroyed in sci-fi medium mm. and if you have those capabilities you you don't really do anything else uh with that ability uh but yeah no seeing earth being destroyed fucking i love planets being destroyed but it just like i said it just it just pisses me off like you're honestly, such a hypocrite seriously am i alone in this if you have the technology to yes, destroy Jared, you a planet alone in this and you cannot do the most basic fucking things. Uh, what is going on? Um, I, I, Russia. A little current of it right now. Yeah, I was going to Russia with nukes, and they're going into Ukraine, all right? I'm going to use that as an example, Jerry. That's exactly what I was thinking. Fucking, yes. It's got like the current events are still fucking ridiculous. <laughs> we have the ability to destroy everything. But we don't use it for the other thing. Like we also have the ability to help everything. Now nah, we're just gonna focus on destroying shit. Russia cool. is a toddler with a bazooka. They don't know what they're doing, but they got this thing you don't want to fuck with, and so you got to keep the toddler happy. <laughs> That's the dredge. But I would just say that whenever you get mad about empires that have the planet blowing technology but still screw up basic fighting there <laughs> um all right seth you got you got one i do uh and it's really hard to follow talking about russia and ukraine and the craziness that is with this scene but it is corso's not necessarily his first scene but the first scene you know 15 years later mm-hmm. when he like meets up with kale later i really like that because i like that archetype the uh Han Solo, the Mal Reynolds mm-hmm. type character. And so I was like, oh yeah, I like this dude. Uh, I also like how he shows up at the table and he's like, are you following me? And then <laughs> Cal's buddy or Kale's buddy knows him and Kale's like, what the hell's going on? Like, what the? I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool that he was in on it the whole time. It was a cool introduction. Yeah. Um, There are no winners. We can't decide. Moving on. Um, best line, I think it's, I'm going to call it Bob. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Yorton, do you have it's one like I told you to throw out there? No, I got nothing happening all right. that. You threw me off when you said Bob. <laughs> MVP of the movie, I mean, you can go Don Bluth, you can go Matt Damon. I mean, you can, I'm going to go... I'm not going to pick John Leguizamo. I'm going to pick his character. I'm going to pick Goon. Goon was my favorite because if he died, I burned this movie down. There was a moment that made me feel for him so bad. And it's when it's when um, Kale and Akima find out the truth about Joseph and they escape. And Goon's like, wait, hey, where'd they go? Where'd they go? And it's like, they, they question my authority, whatever. And Goon's like really upset. And he goes, why didn't they say goodbye? 
And I was like, oh no, goon. They love you, goon. It's not it's not against you. And the way he like sacrifices himself at the end to save Stith, like, I don't know, man. Goon's goon's my MVP. Jared, who's your pick? Uh no, it's definitely Goon. Um I I really liked him. I mean, it's John Liguizamo. Like, I, we need him in more things. He's great in literally more everything. Things, he I did. Mean, like, we can cast him in every movie, and I'll be okay. He's fantastic. He's the most. I think in, on my list of underrated actors, he's number one of the most underrated actor out there. Um, Seth, who's your MVP? Nathan Lane. And it will always and forever be Nathan Lane because I love Nathan Lane and everything he's in from Lion King to Modern Family uh, to the producers, even though I didn't like that movie, uh, all the way to this movie. He played three, and I love it. But how do you mention Nathan Lane without talking about his best film, Birdhouse? No, I did. No, I actually thought about mentioning Birdhouse. I'm not going to lie. That was on there. I did think about that. But I did. But I just want to say I did mention his best movie. The Lion King is his best movie. But no, it's fine. It's oh. fine. Not debate for okay. another time, but I do like I do like Preed with the Preed. I mean, he he had a mission. He didn't he didn't have any emotions about it. He's like, yeah, I'll turn on you. I don't care. I'll turn on the captain too. Like I'm just gonna do it. I like I like yeah. his character. I like to hate his character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yorton MVP. I am going to go of Corso. I just thought he was the most interesting character in the whole movie. Uh, Bill Pat Pullman, uh, I think, did the best job as the the main cast of characters with the voice acting, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's who I'll go with on that. Well, Goon wins with two votes. Goon <laughs> is the MVP. This is Kawhi Leonard winning the finals MVP over Tim Duncan. He's just stepping up and just taking the title. Um, I'm gonna go with six man. I, th- I did not see that coming I, at all <laughs> before this game started. I will say that. Look, this came out of left field. He was in for four minutes and got 30 points. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, we have six-man <laughs> candidates here. We have Stith, or Stith, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Preed, Akima, and Corso. You can even throw in the dredge. Everyone except for Kale, because he's the main character. Who are you picking, Jared? Uh, I, if I could switch out Drew Barrymore's, Drew Barrymore's voice, I would go with Akima. Ah, I just no, I like okay. I go with the character Akima. Yeah, just the character is a good six man. Okay, she was well read. I will say that she was yeah, well yeah. Character. No, the character was good. I didn't like the voice. It just bothered me. Yeah, it just the character was good though. The character was good. You convinced me. I'm going to Kima too. Good character, well written. <laughs> Jordan, are you going to Kima too? No, I am going to go with Preed. Uh, that alien I thought was really interesting, and it just like, oh, I have no problem double crossing everybody. He just looks like a bad. That's why dude. I thought Tim Curry would be perfect for it because who's better at double crossing anyone than Tim Curry? <laughs> Yeah, I get you. That's that's a good pick. Seth, how about you? Uh, if I can pick Preed again, I'll pick Preed. But since I picked him for MVP, if I had to pick a second choice for six man, it would be Corso. So it'll literally just be switching. So me and you just switch. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same level. We're just different. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the first time ever, me and Jared agree two times in a row. And we're going to get the title. Akima wins. That's the six man. Can I say? Hashtag my six man. My vote for least valuable player is the song Higher by Creed for forcing people to not see this movie in theaters because it's the only thing they remember about the trailer. Least valuable player <laughs> is Higher by Creed. Can we all agree on that? All right. Sure. Um, Let me see. All right. Y'all ready to play the Rotten Tomatoes game? This one's gonna be a little oh, bit. Oh boy, I have no clue. Holy shit. Let's I've go. Got a number. I don't know if it's going to be correct, but we'll see. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. So I could not find the score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like they were going undergoing maintenance, but I found the score somewhere else. 
like some other website listed it for me. So I don't have the audience score. I just have the actual Rotten Tomatoes score. Just know that going into it. Last week, Jared won. And it's tied at 4-4. Seth, trying to come back here. Seth, you're going to go first. What do you think this movie got in Rotten Tomatoes, and why do you think that? Uh, I think it got a nice, solid 73, and I think it got it. I, I mean, I, I admit my bias is going here, but I really don't think that the critics uh, liked this movie. I, it just does not look like a... I'm probably way off. I'm you said they like don't like the movie, and you give it a 73? That's certified I mean, fresh. Like, yeah, okay, so let me put it like this. Like, you know, we talk about your name, right? Your name was like 98%, right? Then you have like Princess Moneke, which was like, I think, what, 93%? Okay. All right? And so, like, when we're looking at animation like that, okay, high praise. I, I see them, like, appreciating the movie, but not, like, really loving the movie like they did those two. And I'm probably way off. Okay. Probably so far off. But I just don't think they like the blending of it. I don't think the music probably did it for them. And they probably loved it because of both of those things I just said and probably gave it like, you know, 99%. No. But yeah, I'm sticking with 73. I mean, I don't want to reveal anything. I just want to point out Yorton's reaction to that guess was like <laughs> pure disbelief. Because my pick was going to be 72 and now I don't know if I want to be mean and price and write him. Oh. And so when he said 73, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, okay. 72, Okay. Wait, wait a minute. I think we just got some breaking news. Uh-oh. Will Smith just punched Chris Rock at the Oscars. What? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Dude. That's awesome. Off to Google. Hold up. Sorry, I got to interrupt the game. Holy shit. Okay. Um, sorry, listeners. Breaking fucking news. Will Smith stops Oscars for real, goes on stage, and punches Chris Rock over a joke. About his wife. I respect the hell out of that. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Holy shit. I, There's a video. I'm pulling up a video. You want to see the video? Yes, play the video. Play it. Let me, let me share my screen. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be amazing. Dude, he did not. Oh, Dude. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Wow! Will Smith. Why is the audio being weird? I guess the recording wasn't great. Damn, that was a that was a solid ass punch. No, he just punched him. I want to hear the joke, but I guess we have to wait. It's not uploaded yet. Holy shit. I mean, he punched sure him and walked safe? off like, just so you know, man. <laughs> that was crazy. I don't see Chris Rock taking a punch that well. Yeah, no, I don't see Chris Rock taking the fucking punch either. <laughs> Are we sure that wasn't staged? Like that whole like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook thing from like Peyton Manning at the SB's thing where they were in on the joke looking angry. Chris Rock didn't sound like he was uh that, that but, like yeah, I don't think we'll, Chris we'll Rock's about punch, thirty though. minutes if you see his face, we'll know if that's a big punch or not. You got a point. You got a point. How scared did he sound? He was like, oh, wow, Will Smith is walking up to me. If he doesn't have a shiner, me. that was a fake punch. <laughs> yeah. But if that was real, that was amazing. That's that's the highlight of the Oscars for the next 100 years. I hope he wins uh, best, best Actor, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And apparently there's a quote where he says, keep my name, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Yes, which is why I respect it, because I always respect a man standing up for his wife. All right, let me. That I will let's see if this works. Hold on. You can hear the audio at least. Skype. <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. Here, uh oh, Richard. 
<laughs> I don't know. Oh, wow. Wow. The joke wasn't that bad. Maybe Will Smith He made a G.I. Jane joke because she got rid of her hair. And he went up there and punched her. That's crazy. I respect the hell out of it. I'm not mad. I just can't believe that's the joke. I thought he was going to make a joke about her cheating or something, you know? And that's what spurred him to get on stage. There has to be, if that's a real punch, there has to be a little bit more to it. Like, you know, Chris Rock was saying something outside of just on that stage kind of deal. Like, yeah, maybe they were building up to it or something. I don't know. Dude, what? The, the orchestra should have played Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Damn. All right. Um, well, so <laughs> Seth said 73. Yorton, you wanted to say 72. I'm going to say you stick with your guns. You pick 72. Why do you think this movie got a 72 on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, because it's not like a horrible movie. So I see a lot of people still liking it. It's just I felt like it could be better. Because remember how Rotten Tomato worked. It's just a yay or nay, pretty much. And while I don't think this is a, a bad movie, I would have probably still give it a certified or fresh movie if I was a reviewer and everything where it would be positive. It just doesn't go, like, high. And so I feel like that's where, like, a lot of the reviewers would be for this movie. Okay. Jared, what do you get this movie and why? It is not certified fresh. Uh, I don't think people like this movie. I'm going to go, well, since I have everything below me, I'm just going to go with 68. Okay. <laughs> Pin me in on that small one. <laughs> this movie is sitting at a 50%. Yeah! So you're all terribly wrong, but Jared's the closest, so he gets the point. Damn. I think that's a little low. But I guess it's I think just... it's 23 points too low. Personally, that's just made up. It's very divisive, it seems like. Um, Roger, oh, it had a budget of $75 million. A lot of that was developed for the live-action movie, unfortunately. And it only made $36 million at the box office. Um, I have a quote here. Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half out of four stars. So Ebert loved it. He praised it for its rousing story, largeness of spirit, and lush galactic visuals, which are beautiful in the same way photos by the Hubble Space Telescope are beautiful. He also cited the ice ring sequence as a perfect examine of what animation can do and live action cannot. So he was all man. I wish he saw your your name after yeah, <laughs> he was too. saying there because I feel like he would have loved that movie. So I feel safe saying it's not going to go in the like blockbuster hall of fame, right? We all no one, no one of us are going to put it in there, right? It's in my blockbuster hall of fun, but not. It's a different hall of fame for me. Um, would you recommend this movie though, Yorton? This is a movie. Well, this is one of those movies where I'd recommend, depending on my audience or depending on who I'm talking to, about what movie. Uh, it's not one that I just would blanketly recommend to everybody, but if I know the person and they like some good sci-fi movie and some interesting animation and stuff like that, I would recommend this movie. Seth? If someone came to me and said, what is a list or movies that you think should be redone, I would put this at the top of mm. my list and I would recommend to watch it for that reason only. But that's the only, way, the only person I would recommend the movie. Jared? Um, same with Seth, and I would also put, like, if anybody is, like, trying to, like, get into, like, sci-fi writing or, like, just needs ideas to, like, create a sci-fi universe, I think this is the perfect movie because it establishes multiple, like, areas within an hour and 30 minutes, and so it's, like, good, especially, like, because I know uh, you and Seth both write, so if y'all are going through, like, uh, writer's block, I think this is a good movie to, like, just jumpstart some ideas. I'm going to recommend it because I think it's important to watch films that aren't solely by Disney when they're animated. I think it's cool to see what else is out there. And I think this is also just a fun time. 
And Jared, you make a good point. You're right. There's a lot of cool locations in this movie, and a lot, it's a lot of creativity is put into this movie. I think it's worth watching. Um, Seth, it's the last pick for our, our animated segment of the podcast. So what do you what do you uh, what are you picking, man? All right, I'm gonna tell you. This is a God's honest truth. I swear to God, this is true. You, you will not believe me, but it's true. My wife can vouch for me. I had two movies going in that I was trying to debate about. One, one was a movie I had not watched, and one is a movie that I had watched. And those two movies I was debating between were Titanic that I had not watched and Batman Master the Phantasm. Uh, <laughs> this is, me and Seth are going to be best friends. I, I literally kid you not. Those were the two movies. So when you those were the two that, I, I was like, picking. Done. I was like, what the hell? These were the two movies I finalized my things down. So anyway, we're watching Batman Master the Phantasm. Okay. I I literally just watched it, so I don't Ray's know. like, it. did we just become best friends? <laughs> Jared, you might watch it. I think Ray's going to take your best friend right now. Dude, trust <laughs> me. You can have him. I don't want him. That's crazy. I've been trying to get rid of him, but we keep hanging out. I understand the Batman pick. I think it's weird that you also were thinking Titan AE. That's a crazy well, I- coincidence. I like sci-fi, and I was looking at animated movies not by Disney. I literally Googled it. I was like, animated movies not by Disney to try to get something not Batman or something I hadn't seen already. And I was like, okay, that's sci-fi. I like sci-fi, and it looks like it could be cool. Mm-hmm. So, Sweet. all right, I'm gonna, it's going to be between those two. I was debating between those two. So, Well, yeah. I chose for you, so there you go. Um, <laughs> hey, y'all, just a heads up. The movie holds up because I watched it last week. Holds up. Oh. HBO Max, by the way, for anyone who wants to watch ahead of time, yep. for free. If, or not for free, you got to pay for HBO Max. And it's, but it's on HBO Max. It's yeah, the remastered version, so they cleaned up the uh, the uh, like the animation. It's if you watch like the VHS, you'll see like soft lines and stuff. Now they're crisp, they're hard. It looks great. It looks great. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, cool. So we're gonna watch Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, arguably the best Batman movie in theaters ever just throwing that out there we can debate that. maybe maybe we'll talk about the new batman tomorrow who knows question mark well not to, next tomorrow episode. for uh not sure tomorrow for y'all cool all right y'all so until next time we will see you later